How are we? Is everybody good? Very good. Great to see each and every one of you today. God bless you. Thank you for joining uh, us today here at Oaks Church. And if you are here live with us in the building, you saw something brand new out in the lobby today. Did you notice a change from last week? Man, our team uh, worked incredibly hard. Uh, one of our board members oversaw the project, an incredible, uh, we have two brand new classrooms that are going in. Uh, the glass is uh, shipped, they're gonna be beautiful glass conference class. The way that they built it, they built it so in the future we can actually double deck that, turn it into kind of a mezzanine, a youth hangout or whatever up top, lots of cool stuff. But what we're doing out in the lobby is we're creating, and we've got, you're gonna see even next Sunday, you're gonna see even more new stuff. Uh, we're, we're actually creating a shared workspace cafe type glass conference rooms where you as the congregation can actually come and use this building during the week and have meetings here or do, you know, have a, a business meeting or do a Bible study or whatever. We want to create this place to where, I mean, why would we have such a wonderful place if we're not using it, right? And so we want to offer that to you. So we're doing all kinds of things to make this even more valuable for you all. We've got lots of stuff going on. Uh, the next project will be our kids renovation, a mommy's day out program, some more stuff for the kids' classrooms, kids' bathrooms, all kinds of stuff. We're trying to make this place a place that really ministers to the city, can meet the needs of people in the city. And this is such a great thing. A couple weeks ago, we did this. Um, we're, we're doing what we're calling my program, Winology. It's a performance program that I've coached in corporations, literally from a couple million dollar corporations to billion dollar corporations. This is a biblical success system that I'm giving to you as our church, giving to you and your friends, invite your friends. And I'm actually training and teaching uh, that program, Winology Workshop. It's a third Tuesday of every single month, 7.30 in the morning. Early bird gets the worm, come and get it. We had 50 business people here for our very first one and it was incredible and fun. But we wanna make sure one of the core things that we do here at Oaks Church is we wanna meet the needs and elevate the lives of the people that are a part of our church. And you know what? Business is something that God uses to help us. I actually heard a rabbi say one time that God created business to make us treat each other better. <laughs> it is because if you do bad business, you don't keep your clients. So you're forced to treat people well in order to make that exchange. And so a lot of times people might not feel comfortable coming to a church service yet, but they'll come to a business training, they'll come to a shared workspace, they'll come to something like that. All of a sudden, they're being, uh, they're being touched by the power of Jesus and, and relationships of people that love Jesus. That's the whole goal is outreach and connecting and building relationships with people in the city. Amen. So great stuff going on. We hope that you are engaged and a part of it. And this is part of our new go and grow vision that you heard all about at the end of the year. You're going to continue to hear, but that's what these projects are. This is our go and grow vision. We're reaching the city. We're doing everything we can to win the lost. Our vision is literally the life of this church. We want to see 10,000 people saved through Oaks Church. Did you you know, we had 600 decisions uh, to make to take a step forward in the relationship with Jesus Christ last year in 2023. That's an amazing thing. 600 decisions that people made as a part of this church. So uh, God is doing great things, and we're just really glad that you're a part. Uh, let me pray. We're going to jump right into our message today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We give you praise. We ask you in Jesus' name that you would release your spirit upon us, that you would inspire us, awaken us, invigorate us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, some of you may have gotten a piece of mail in the last couple of weeks uh, that promoted this brand new series called Relationship 
rescue. And uh, maybe you got that and you're here today because of that. And so we welcome you and we hope that you would stop by the Next Step desk. And if you're watching with us online, make sure you engage with us. If you need anything at all, shoot us a, an email, oaks, or info at oakschurch.com. We want to be there for you as well. But we're talking about relationship. And can I tell you right off the bat that relationship is a main priority to God. God prioritizes relationships. Now, in our modern day uh, life, we often receive packages. Anybody have Amazon showing up at your house on a regular basis? You got delivery trucks, the mailman comes, there's stuff uh, all the time. We're used to things coming to us. The, the iron and the supplies that came out came on a ship of some sort. They may have come across the ocean on a ship. They may have been flown in here on the back of a truck. We are, we're accustomed to having ships bring things to us. And when God wants to bring something great to you in your life, he often uses a relationship. The best things that have come to me in life have come to me through relationships. And most of them have come through relationships that I made in church. The best relationships I've made that sustaining, lasting, valuable relationships are relationships I made going to church, volunteering in church, going and being a part of a men's ministry or a small group, something like that. That's why it's so important when you hear about these different events, a business training or a men's Bible study or women's Bible study or a man camp or youth camp or whatever, that you get plugged in, that you get involved because it's possible that the person that you need to meet to unlock the next thing that God wants to do in your life is in this church and maybe at a different service or maybe sitting three rows down from you, but God has brought you here and he didn't bring you here to keep you all to yourself. He brought you here to share yourself with the rest of the congregation and for other people to share themselves with you. And together, we're simply better. We're simply better. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron as just like one man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Friends make us better if they're good friends. You ever had bad friends? You ever had loser friends? There was a stage in my life where I had some loser friends. My mom would tell me all the time, I don't like you hanging out with that kid. And I was a church kid, so I'd use the whole Christian guilt thing. Mom, you're supposed to be a Christian. You're not supposed to judge anyone. But guess what? When I got in trouble, when 16-year-old Joel got arrested, who was he with? That kid. Right? Mama knew. Man, mama could sniff him out. And so it's important. I've heard it said for all my life, you know, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. The people that we align ourselves with, build relationships with, build partnerships with are absolutely important. And relationship is a priority to God. It's so much a priority to God that the very first thing on God's agenda, once he got the earth built, once he got the sky in place and the, and the stars and all that and the, and the plants and the garden and all the different things, the animals, everything, the number one most important thing, the favorite thing to God, everything God did, he said, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. But when he made Adam, he said, and it was very good. The relationship with Adam was the favorite thing that God made. Every single day, there was a reminder on God's calendar, cool of the day, walk with Adam, have a conversation. 
He had a daily appointment. Relationship with Adam was God's priority, and relationship with God is supposed to be our number one priority every single day. I hope that during this January fast, I hope that you created some great new holy habits, and if you missed that series, I would encourage you to go back and watch our series from January on holy habits. We started a Bible reading program. I hope you're still doing it. I'm still doing it. Every single morning, I'm in my Bible, reading, writing my notes, doing my SOS Bible plan that I'm doing, and and we made that available for all of you. It's on the website as well. I hope that you did the fast. I hope that you're praying. I hope that you're worshiping. I hope that you're prioritizing your relationship with God, because I can tell you, your life will be forever richer because of the time and the effort and the discipline you put in to building that relationship with God. But God wasn't done. When he made Adam, All of a sudden, he looked around and said, you know what? There's not a great partner for Adam. Let me put Adam to sleep and let me reach into him, pull out a rib and form a perfect partner, Eve. Eve, his partner, his helper, his advocate, his warrior, his defender. Come on. I don't know if you have a wife like I have, but man, my wife is my defender. She is my warrior. You want to see her claws come out? Talk bad on me. Man, she, she can say it, but you better not, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's how it works at my house. My wife is my protector, my defender. She's always got my back. And man, you mess with her kids, woo-wee, I'll pray for you, right? Put dimes on your eyes, because you did. You mess with her kids, right? I mean, that's how it goes, you know? I mean, that God made women to be a powerful defense force, right? And that's what we have been given as a gift. And he made the very first human relationship that God made was a marriage. The most important relationship, the foundation of our entire society. But more than that, the foundation of how we understand God himself is a marriage between a man and a woman. And that's it. That's it. And this is not a political statement. This is a biblical kingdom statement. There are two genders, man and a woman. And it doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter how you feel. It's what God made. It's what God designed. And here's why. God said that when a man and a woman come together and become married, they become one. And it's just like Jesus Christ and his church. And it's a mystery that we don't understand. But God created it. And you cannot mess with marriage without messing with Jesus. I'll never back down. Doesn't matter if I offend someone, if I'm quoting the Bible, it's not my intention to hurt. I love all people. We accept all people. But when it comes to marriage and when it comes to the Bible, we're going to tell the truth or we're worth nothing. We're worth nothing. So we love them. Come, worship, be a part. People, listen, people can do whatever they want to do, but they can't make the Bible say whatever they want it to say. They can try. They can try, but at the end of of their life, they're going to stand before him, and they're going to go somewhere. I know where I'm going. God prioritizes relationship. I don't know about you, but um, sometimes communication is hard. Um, Like every day. 
I've been married for, thir- uh, for no, been together for, tw- for 30 years, been married for 28 years, and 28, almost and a half years now. And um, sometimes I feel like I understand her. <laughs> sometimes she feels like she understands me. We're just different, right? Men and women are different. God made us different. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually science. Did you know that a man's brain is different than a woman's brain? Not superior. In fact, a woman's brain can do things that a man's brain can't do as well. Did you know that, that scientifically, a man's brain has more gray matter, which allows a man to hyper-focus in on one single thing and often allows him to hyper-focus in on nothing at all? And so when your wife says, what are you thinking about? And you say, nothing. She can't comprehend that because she doesn't have the same amount of gray matter that you have. She has more white matter in her brain. And the white matter in a woman's brain is a super highway. She has no thoughts in a woman's brain. It's like a super highway. White matter makes your thoughts go crazy fast super fast, and lots of things can happen all at once. And so when a woman says, what are you thinking about, and you say nothing, she can't comprehend it because she can't do that because God made her brain differently. Doesn't matter how you feel on the inside. It matters how God made you and who he made you to be. And so a woman's brain has the ability to be in the middle of dinner on a 15-year anniversary having a wonderful time, and all of a sudden, something jumps on the superhighway, shoots to the top, and comes out, and it was something you did when you were still dating 15 years ago, that's all of a sudden on the superhighway to the very top, and you're sitting there completely blindsided, because that was 15 years ago, and now it's the number one conversation. Never happened to you? And the guy's going, why are we even talking about what even happened? And she's got an unresolved issue and you haven't resolved it yet, so technically it's your fault. <laughs> amen, that's a good place for the ladies to say amen, right there, right? But this, this is part of the differences, and so we have the potential to have communication issues, and it's not necessarily our fault, it's partly how God made us, but he made us to complete each other, to perfect each other, and he made us in a manner that we had to work at it. Marriage isn't easy. Marriage is work. You work all day, you come home, you go back to work. It's work, but it's worth it. It's worth it, right? Now, why are we talking about marriage so much? Because there's obviously people in here that aren't married. Well, A, you may be married one day. Uh, So that's valuable. And B, the principles, remember, God made marriage first. The first relationship, it's the foundation for all others. And any principle that works in a marriage can be pulled out and plugged and played into another relationship. If a principle is true inside of marriage, you can pull that out and plug it into a business relationship. You can plug it into a friendship relationship. You can plug it into a relationship how you have with your children. If it's a true principle that will help a marriage flourish, it will work in any relationship. Marriage is the foundation for all relationships. There would be no other relationships without marriage because that's where babies come from. In God's design, marriage is what is the vehicle for people to come together, form a cooperation, and make babies and replenish the earth. Be fruitful and multiply. That's what he said. 
and God created that specific vessel. Now, next week, we're actually going to talk about sex in church. And it's not going to be rude or crude or anything like that. It's going to be biblical. And, and, and it's important that we do that. It's very important that we do that. Why? Because God created it. And he has a plan for it. He has a purpose for it. And so if you have children, you might want to check them in the children's ministry. But even if they're in here, I'm not going to act up. I'm not going to be an idiot, you know. But, but at the same time, we're going to have an adult conversation. And your teenagers should be here. Because they need to learn about it in church, not on talk tick or chat snaps and whatever all that crap. Okay? They need to hear about it from God's perspective. Amen? It's important. It's important that you understand God's purpose because many people were raised and they were taught that sex was wrong or dirty or perverse. And that's only if you're doing it wrong. If you connect into God's way and God's plan and God's time and God's purpose, it is a beautiful, wonderful, incredible thing. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. So come back and bring a checkbook. All right. I'm um, just joking. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> Got to have fun and be crazy. Um, I'm going to show you a couple things. I'm going to read you a couple scriptures. Um, because communication was what caused Adam and Eve's relationship to have problems. Uh, Adam apparently skimmed over, was distracted by something, and didn't communicate the truth to Eve. Maybe Eve was asking him for the umpteenth time. So what was it that God said? And Adam's like, just, just don't touch it. Just don't touch it or you'll die. Okay? Okay? Watching a show here. I don't know. Sports Illustrated. I'm just, just joking. He's naming zebras and stuff. He's busy. But, but Adam failed and didn't communicate properly to Eve. So Eve now is in a conversation with the devil who's poised as a snake. Interesting story. You're talking to a snake and you don't think there's anything weird about it. Interesting. Don't know where to go with that. But obviously, it was a different thing that happened back in the day. But now the snake is saying, did God really say? And he's planting seeds of doubt. And Eve answers with bad information because Adam somehow didn't give her clear communication. They had a communication breakdown that cost them everything. And it created a rift between God and mankind because sin entered all because of a communication breakdown. And all of a sudden, the very first relationship that God ever made is in dire need of a rescue. Relationship rescue. Your relationship might be doing great right now, but you may have something unforeseen in the future, or you may have come through some horrific things and you're barely holding it together. Jennifer and I have made it through some really rough and tough stuff over the years. And a lot of these lessons that I'll share with you are lessons that God taught me when we were walking through some of the hardest and toughest times in 28 years of marriage together. But what I've learned one principle I know is true is that every single person likes to be talked to nicely. We all like to be talked to nicely. How great is it? The difference between the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A or the drive-thru at Whataburger. Night and day. Whataburger, listen. Man, I know exactly my order. Double cheeseburger, bacon, jalapenos, pepper jack cheese on that, by the way. I mean, I love a good, I love a good water burger. Not right now, though. I'm still fasting. <laughs> but, uh, but, but they're like, what do you want? <laughs> right? Chick-fil-A, it's like, how may, I, you know, how may I help you? It's my pleasure. Everything's so polite, so wonderful. So, I mean, it's just a different thing. 
It's a different experience. It's how they talk to you. Everybody likes that. Nobody likes rude service. Nobody likes a rude exchange. That, that, that's how road rage happens, right? You ever been yelled at when you're driving? I, I have. I'm sitting there with my daughter. don't even know what's going on. I'm getting yelled at. I'm like, why am I being yelled at? I, I mean, crying, why is he waving that finger at me? What is going on here, right? I mean, people, no one likes that. Everyone responds poorly when they have bad communication or harsh communication. I'm going to read you a couple of things, a couple of verses um, that come from Solomon in Proverbs and the context might seem a little strange in the beginning, but I'm going to use this to make a very specific point. This is Proverbs chapter 7, verse 5. Solomon is addressing the, uh, what happens when you're obedient to God's law. He says, God's laws, they will keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words. Her seductive words. Proverbs 7.21 says, with persuasive words, she, that same seductive or wayward woman, led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. Proverbs 5 verse 3 says, for the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. Notice Solomon now Solomon had 300 wives. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. And 700 concubines, a thousand women. This dude learned some hard lessons. I, 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 this week in my Bible reading story, I read the story of, of Jacob who married, uh, tried to marry Rachel, but got Leah too, got the bonus, the, gof- the, the twofer, you know, the BOGO down there at the Kmarts or whatever, got, got both of them, and then ended up both of them, are je- and it's this jealousy and back and forth and vying and manipulation and competing, and, and now they're giving their servants to him as an extra. Now he ends up with four wives and 12 children in chaos everywhere. I only have the capacity for one. One is all I can handle. One is God's design. Solomon had a thousand. Solomon, at the end of his life, wrote some lessons about how bitter the experience was, how vain it was, how empty it was. But his book of Proverbs, his book of wisdom, has a lot to say. With a thousand wives... Solomon, when he was talking about the trap of seduction, didn't mention her voluptuous figure, her fantastic hair, her bedroom eyes, her brand new lashes, (laughs) didn't mention any of those things. Solomon warned against the way she talked. See, this goes both ways. Have you, I'm gonna say something really weird. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it though. I'm gonna say it. You're, you okay? I'm gonna say it. Have you noticed, oftentimes, when an affair happens, the person that someone cheats with is less attractive than their actual spouse? 
It's a downgrade. What was it? It wasn't the looks. It was how they talked to him. I've seen it both sides. I've seen it both ways. Many years ago, when Jennifer and I were young in marriage, we, uh, we lost our first daughter to brain cancer. And we were both very hurt. We were both very angry. Our marriage was not good. Um, whenever you lose a child, it's a 90% divorce rate. And you also lose the anchor that you have that keeps you together, right? So I became incredibly aware of the danger that our marriage was in after losing our daughter because we were both so hurt and so angry and we were coping very differently um, and we weren't, we weren't coming together to cope. We were coping on our own and it just was not healthy. And I became increasingly aware of the risk and the danger and had this intense fear that one of us was going to make a horrible decision. And I began to pray incredibly hard. I understood because I'm a guy that is in the Bible all the time what I had to watch out for. Someone that talked sweet to me, someone that filled me up, someone that said the things that I wanted to hear. I knew what I had to watch out for. But I began to pray, 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 pray for my wife that God would protect her and that she wouldn't make a reckless decision. But that's not all I did. I made a decision in my life that no one was going to out-sweet talk my wife. Me, in, in regards to my wife. No one was going to compliment her more. No one was going to tell her how beautiful she was. No one was going no to outdo me in regards to what I would sow and invest into her. Now, if she, I'm not saying that if she had gone and done something or whatever, that it would have been my, that I, something I failed to do. But I was just, I'm going to do my part to make sure that my wife doesn't walk out of these doors with a vacancy that I'm not filling. It's just me being practical. Can I tell you the same way? No one's going to compliment my daughters. No one's going to be more affectionate with my daughters. I'm a daddy, daughter guy. And I'm not going to have my girls walking around out there somewhere with a hole in their heart because their daddy doesn't tell them that he loves them. Their daddy doesn't give them hugs and doesn't give them affection, doesn't kiss them on the cheek and doesn't make them feel special. That is a major priority. To me, it's just common sense. It's just common sense. I'm going to make sure that my girls, and as far as me and my household, everyone's getting a hug. Everyone's getting a smooch. Everyone's getting, everyone's getting affection. Everyone's getting compliments. That, that's a, it's just a self-preservation for me. It's because I know how this thing works and I know how sneaky the devil is. And man, I'm telling you, it's important that we recognize, it's important that we recognize that we need to pray and we need to do our part. And listen, this same thing works and happens in business relationships. You don't think there's not someone out there trying to poach your person? They're trying to poach your person. I had a friend literally lived in a small town. The best business in the whole small town was a Chick-fil-A. He knew that after six months of Chick-fil-A, they had the best leadership and personal customer service. And he worked at a bank and he would wait till they got through six months to a year of training at Chick-fil-A. And he would go into Chick-fil-A, make a relationship and poach them. Because Chick-fil-A offered a better training system than he could at his bank. It happens in business too. Someone's gonna talk sweet. Someone's going to sow seeds. And that's something that we need to understand. It's not oftentimes what you say, it's how you say it. How you say it is so important. A few months ago, I had a buddy told me I need to lose 30 pounds. 
I looked at him. I'm like, okay. But my wife tried to say that to me, and I got, what'd you say to me? <laughs> that doesn't happen at your house. Can, can someone sometimes just say something wrong? Somebody else could say the same thing, but they say it nicer. They say, they say it in a different way. Have you ever met someone that no matter what they try to say, they say it wrong? I heard a funny story, man, an uh, interview. Uh, and it was, it was, there was an old movie, like 20 years ago or whatever, and it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And it was the movie he was in with Vanessa Williams. And Eraser, I think it was called. And, and the, the, the story I heard was the first time that Arnold met Vanessa Williams on stage or on set, and he literally walks up to her in his introduction, you know, he's this, you know, I'll, I'll pump you up fitness guy or whatever. He looks at her and he says, you have a flabby backside. I could help you with that. That's his introduction. That's how he meets Vanessa Williams, who is one of the most beautiful people God ever made, right? I mean, it's like, but just, he's European. Is that his excuse? He's just European. That's, I, that's you know, you just, they say it differently, you know, whatever. But some people, they try to say something nice and it just comes out all wrong. You ever known someone that could say the hardest things and they would just say it in a certain way? One, Jennifer and I, we had a mentor for over 20 years, Pastor Kathy Hayes. She could tell you you were overweight, should never have worn that outfit. She had a way of saying things to certain people that what, she could say almost anything. Oh, honey, why did you wear that outfit? And, it's, and, you're, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Why did I wear this outfit? And she could just say things to people. And don't get me wrong, it, it, you could, she could come across wrong sometimes, but she was gifted at, at saying stuff in a nice way oftentimes. Pastor Gordon, another mentor of mine, he could fire you and you would come out giving him a hug and thanking him. Because what you heard, he was saying you're fired. But what you heard was that you were being liberated to follow your passions and your dreams and pursue everything that God had in your heart for you to do. He just had a way of saying it. And I was just in awe of how he would say things to people that were hard things. And listen, that's what makes us valuable is that we have the ability to say the things that need to say, be said, but we do it in a way that someone can receive it. I think very, and, and I know, I know, I can be offensive sometimes. I just like to push the envelope a little bit. It's my, it's my personality. I'm, I'm rowdy. I'm just rowdy. And I, I, could, I could wear one of those white collars at church, you know, the little black shirt with the white collar, and I could act a little more prim and proper, but it's just not me, right? But I still work really hard at trying not to be offensive and trying not, I, I don't want to ever hurt someone's feelings, but I'm going to tell the truth, but I think very hard about how to tell the truth in a manner that doesn't hurt, but it helps, but sometimes you got to hurt to get some help. You ever had surgery? Got to go through some hurt to get some help sometimes, right? This is part of it. Words are the seeds that contain the power of life or death. Proverbs 18.20 says this, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. 
He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Solomon, again, the expert, says that your mouth has the ability to produce a harvest that will fill your belly. And he connects it to marriage. He says, you will be satisfied by the words of your mouth. Your belly will be filled with the words that come out of your mouth. And you have the power of life and death in your tongue. And you'll eat the fruit of whatever you say. And if you got a wife, you found a good thing. And you've received blessing from the Lord. So what he's saying is, you better take it serious how you speak to her. Because the way you talk to her is going to produce a harvest and it might taste real bad. And your belly's going to be full of what you're producing because the seeds that you're sowing in your own relationship. If you don't like how your relationship is right now, the number one most important thing you should do, number one, first, shut up. Because you're probably saying things wrong. Number two, pray. Ask God what and how to say it. And number three, say what God says over your relationship and begin to sow seeds. I literally had a situation, there was a time where Jen and I weren't getting along and, and we were in the middle of a, of a little bit of a conflict. We'll call it a conflict, right? And, and, and in the middle of it, I literally just stopped and, and, and I said, I'm so grateful for you. You're such a wonderful wife. I'm so, I'm so thankful that God has given me to you. You're the greatest gift God's ever. And she literally looked at me like I was, she goes, are you, are, are you talking faith over me right now? Are you talking faith over me? And I said, yeah, babe. I mean, the other one wasn't working, so I figured I'd try something. And she busted out laughing, and we actually made up. It was amazing, right? But I mean, that only happens once, though. It the next time, she knows what you're doing, right? It's, it only happens once. But, but I literally began as a strategy, and, and guys, I'm not perfect. We, we had to move this week. I was moving all week long. You ever moved before? It's horrible. And if you're ever gonna get in a fight, it's going to happen while you're moving. Man, tensions are high. You're working 12, 14-hour days. You got boxes over your head. It's just crazy. And, and, and so, but man, we had to work. And you have to work on it because life's nuts and things are going to happen. Stuff, bad stuff happens. And you've got to work at this because if not, you'll just make an excuse why it's okay for you to poison your garden. God gave an incredible secret. I'm going to give you two secrets with the time that I have left. Proverbs chapter three, verse three says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart and find, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Mercy and truth. I I read a book years ago that espoused that those two qualities are the most important qualities to make you invaluable in the workspace, in in industry, in corporations, in business, because they make you incredibly rare. If you have the ability to be merciful, kind, loving, caring, compassionate, tender, and truthful at the same time, you're a rarity. Because most people will be really, 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 really kind to your face, but they're liars. 
They're backstabbers. Other people will tell you the truth, but they're jerks. And when you find someone that is nice, kind, merciful, and will tell you the truth, you got something special. So much so that Solomon said, tie it around your neck. Don't ever let it depart from you. This is the most valuable thing you can possess if you want to have high esteem and be valued and have a great reputation with both God and, God and man. You tell the truth and you do it nice. Another translator, another passage, it says, speaking the truth in love. In fact, let me read that to you. This is so good. Ephesians 4, verse 15, it says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ Jesus. Speaking the truth in love is how that trait, mercy and love, Mercy and truth, pardon me, mercy and truth, speaking the truth in love is the number one trait right here that makes you the most valuable, but also watch this, it, according to Ephesians and Apostle Paul, it's what makes you have the ability to grow mature as the body of Christ. If you don't learn the balance between mercy and truth, love and truth, you can't grow maturity. You can't grow in your value. You're constantly going to either be destroying a relationship because you won't tell the truth or destroying a relationship because you're a jerk. Either way, you're messing it up. And you're going to stay in a place where you're immature. Second two words, love and respect. Ephesians chapter 5, that's going to be your homework. I want you to read Ephesians chapter 5, specifically starting at verse 21. This is the uh, famous verse that talks about submission inside of a marriage. Uh, some people find this offensive. Uh, my wife and I have learned tremendous blessing through this passage. Um, number one, verse 21 says this, submit yourselves one to another. Submission goes both ways. Two people submit to each other. They're partners. If I have business partners, or when I have business partners, we submit to each other. You know what else we do? We talk very respectfully to each other. Why? Because we understand that unless we learn how to talk incredibly respectfully and submit one to another and really have a partnership, this thing's not gonna last. How much more in a marriage? The sad thing, y'all, the sad thing is when people oftentimes will talk nicer to a complete stranger than they do their own family or even their spouse. Sad. It's a waste. It's a waste. He goes on to say, wives, submit to your husband as if they were Jesus Christ himself. It's a big order. That's a big order. Submit to your husband just as you would to Jesus. Oh, Joel, you do not know my husband. He is not Jesus. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't worry. Guys are getting theirs in a second. It doesn't matter. The commandment, if you want the blessing of God in your relationship, the wife, your number one job is to look at your husband and treat him like he's Jesus himself. Okay, watch this. To the husband. Love your wife just like Christ loved the church even that he was willing to die for the church, 
washing her with the water of the word to present her unto himself blameless and spotless on that day. The man's job is to, like Jesus, love his wife so much that he will die for her on a daily basis, washing her with the words that come out of his mouth to present her back unto himself holy and spotless and blameless on that day. Both people are supposed to act as if they are either serving Jesus or being Jesus, serving the other person unto death. Both. And in that, in that, you have two selfless people serving Jesus. Listen, here's what you got to understand. It's not about your spouse. It's not about them. The same thing works at work. If you're the employee, you treat your boss as if he's Jesus Christ himself. Oh, that's just blasphemy. Is it? Because the Bible says everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. If you treat your boss as if you're doing all of this for the Lord, as if he's the Lord and you're doing it for the Lord, guess what? You're glorifying God and it's not about him. Well, you don't know my boss. It's not about him. It's about you obeying Jesus and stepping into the blessing that he wants for you. Same thing as a boss. You have employees. My job is not to snap my fingers and make orders and get this and that and whatever and kick butt and what. That's not my job. My job is to die for my employees, to lay my life down, to wash over them with the water of the word, to pour out over them, to present them back unto myself so they'll be incredible employees that will do anything and everything because I'm taking the position of Christ. It works both ways, and it's not about the employee, and it's not about the boss, and it's not about the husband, and it's not about the wife. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. One last thing. Whenever you're about to say something, I want you to think this thought. How would Jesus say it? We remember those bracelets, the WWJD? Some of us need to apply that to our mouth. How would Jesus say, would Jesus even say this? If he wouldn't say it, you probably shouldn't either. Well, I'm not Jesus, clearly, but you're supposed to act like him. He's your model, right? He's the model. He's who we're trying to be like. He's who we're commanded to act like. It's hard, y'all. Talking nice is hard. There's a lot of dumb people out there. You ever notice that? Bunch of them out there, just blockheads, man. But they're God's kids. They're God's kids. And our job is to love them. Our job is to speak life over them. Our job, listen, the Bible says they will know you are his disciples by your love. And sometimes Christians, man, we're so good at obeying the rules and we're terrible at loving people. We miss the whole point. We miss the whole point. These principles will work in any relationship with your kids, with your teenagers. Love and respect works. 
mercy and truth, it works. Trying to speak to them in a manner like Jesus would be, like he would say it. It's hard, man. It makes you have to press pause and figure some stuff out. Get out of the flesh and get into the spirit. Pray. I had a situation uh, last week where I, I, I mean, I got so mad over something and, and, I, and I was just mad. And, and, and it was with someone that I really loved. And the reason was that they, they hurt my feelings. And so I was mad because they hurt my feelings. And, and I'm sitting there dealing with it and, and, I'm dealing, and I wasn't saying anything. I knew better than to say anything. I'm just sitting there quiet and I'm kind of praying. I'm asking God for help. And God's like, this, man, this is your issue, Joel. This is, you have this issue. You have to have grace. That person's in process. That person's, they're growing. They're, they're, they're growing up. You got to let them grow up. You got you to let them mature. You, you can't sit there. You can't get mad. And you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be the leader in this situation. You be, you're supposed to be, be the adult, be the leader, be the mature body of Christ. The truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. It's hard, guys. It's not easy. But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it beautiful thing is that God can restore God can restore anything he could rescue anything listen by, by, by the math by the numbers Jennifer and I should have never made it we should have never made it we should have never stayed married by the numbers but God's grace I've seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle of God rescuing relationships rescuing marriages rescuing uh, and, and restoring beautiful things and he can do it with you. We, we actually have an amazing marriage class that's starting in March. And uh, so you've got plenty of time to get prepared and ready. We'll get the information out there. Uh, and it walks through principles. It could be one of the best decisions you ever made. If, you, if you're dealing with stuff in your marriage, which most people are, that'd be a great class. If you're not yet, you probably will be dealing with something in the future. Be a great class. If you're not married yet, but you're, you're in a serious relationship or whatever, we'd absolutely, that'd be a great thing to prepare and go through to help you, uh, you know, be ready for marriage if you're engaged or whatever, anything like that. But I'm telling you, it'll be an amazing thing. We, we, we want to, the best we can, provide for you the best opportunities to grow. That's the mission of, our, of the calling of our church, is to help people to grow, to make disciples, to win the lost, and to make disciples. Amen? That's why we're here. Let me pray for you today. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would work in the hearts of your people, that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that you would give them peace. Father, if there's anybody that's far away from you today, would you draw them back? Would you draw them home? Maybe they're off the path. Maybe they've been kind of just living for themselves. They haven't been living for you. They haven't really been living as if you're the Lord and the master of their life. God, would you draw them back today? I just got this feeling like there's somebody that this is your day. Could just be one person. I don't know. But I got this gut feeling. There's somebody here. There's somebody listening. And this is your day. And God has brought you here so that you could get right with him. He wants to welcome you into his family. He does not want you to leave this room or turn off this broadcast without making the decision right now, right now, right now. It's a crucial moment to make the decision to make him your Lord. Make him your Lord. Make him your master. Give your life to him or back to him. This is your moment. Wherever you are across this room, we're all just gonna pray this prayer together. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Just say this across the room. Say, Father, I believe 
in your son, Jesus Christ, who died for my sins, who rose again for my salvation. He's coming back again. I make him my Lord and master. I ask you to forgive me for my sins and cleanse me. In Jesus' name, I am saved. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, before we go any further, I want to give you an opportunity. And if you're with us online, I'm going to ask you to send us a, a, a message, either in the direct messages or send us an email at info at oakschurch.com. We want to connect with you and we want to help you. But if you made that decision today, I want to give you, Tyler's going to tell you what to do and, and whatever so we can best help you and serve you. But I want to give you the opportunity to, to, to validate that decision in a very specific way. It's going to be very simple. It's not going to be hard but a very simple way. Jesus said this, if you acknowledge me in front of people, I will acknowledge you in front of my Father in heaven. That's it. If you acknowledge me in front of people, I will acknowledge you in front of my Father in heaven. I just wanna give you the chance to acknowledge that decision and all I'm gonna ask you to do in just a second is just raise your hand, that's it. Just, just, just raise your hand in just a moment. That's it. If you made that decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, whether it's for the very first time or you came back to him today, either one of those, they're just as valuable. If you made that decision, be the boldest person in the room. When I count to three and just say, that's me, Joel. I, I want to acknowledge Jesus. I want him to vouch for me in heaven. Are you ready? One, two, three, go. Be bold. Anybody in the room? Right there. God bless you too. Right there. Anybody else? Right there. God bless you. That's awesome. Right there at the back, I think. No? God bless you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much for being with us. Don't miss the rest of this series. It's going to be all about relationships, how to rescue, how to build the greatest relationships. And also don't miss our birthday on the 18th. Pastor Tyler, come take it away, sir.